Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. We understand the spirit of giving in the New Testament. Somebody say Amen. Uh, there was a place in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 16 where you see Paul giving an order to the church. He says, um, I'm instructing you on the collection. But he still ties that instruction to a free will, okay, that the people are supposed to have. Uh, that even though it's uh, an instruction coming from Paul, because if you hear this message, you must have the good sense of balance to know that your pastor can also instruct you or order you. So the, 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 the tense that he uses there. In fact, let me quickly show you that in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Let's see that very quickly. I'm just going to continue the series on the fruit of the gospel. Can you increase the monitors a bit more for me and a little bit of the front of house? 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 1. This is now concerning the collection for the saints as I have given orders. Somebody say orders. Orders to the churches of Galatia. So you must do also. So you see now that there is a good balance between your response from free will and also obedience from instruction as the angel of the house gives. But see how he ties it to free will at the end of the day. Let's see verse 2. On the first, no, no, verse two, yeah. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collection when I come. Verse three. And when I come, whom you approve by your letters, I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. So it was referred to as an order, but it's still a gift because it's coming from the place of free will. So there has to be a good sense of balance. Somebody say amen. Now, when we started the series, I think it was two, three weeks ago, we talked about the fruit of the gospel. And what is the intention of this? It is making you see that if you hear the message of the gospel, there are certain outcomes that you cannot but see in your life if you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the message has the potency in and out of itself to be powerful. All the message needs is to be said and is to be heard. Somebody said, somebody say said, say heard. So the gospel needs to be said and the gospel also needs to be heard. The moment it is said and the moment it is heard, it is powerful in and out of itself. Praise God somebody. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus for it's the power of God unto what? Salvation. So we began by saying, make sure the feedbacks are not too much. We began by saying that the fruit of the gospel will cause you to live right. We have been saved from the penalty of sin. We have been saved from the penalty of sin. What is the penalty of sin? God, by the gospel, says that I am not angry with you because of what Jesus has done on the cross of Calvary. If you believe that, say amen. Are we on the same page? So he says that I am not angry with you because when I look at the work of Calvary, 
everything that Jesus did on the cross of Calvary covers and atones for your sins. It doesn't even just atone. It doesn't even just covers. It wipes away your sin. So there is no record of sin for the believer anymore. And you know the good thing is that this gospel also preaches to you that the sacrifice of Jesus uh, atoned for not just the church but also for the whole world. So everybody in the whole world is forgiven. Can I say that again? Everybody in the whole world is what? Forgiven. So the next question is, then why do people go to hell if everybody is forgiven? It is one thing to be forgiven. It's another thing to receive the forgiveness that you already have. So the Bible talks about receiving forgiveness. The Bible talks about providing forgiveness. The circumstances that determine the provision of forgiveness is not the circumstance that determines your receiving forgiveness. What provides forgiveness? It is the work of Jesus on the cross. That is the premise for the provision of forgiveness. Then what is the premise of receiving forgiveness? It is your faith in Christ. Are you still here, somebody? So the moment you have faith in Christ, then you can receive what you already have. But if you do not receive what you have, uh, it is yours, but you didn't get it. So hellfire is for forgiving sinners. Hellfire is a place where forgiving people go who refuse to receive the forgiveness. That's what hellfire is. Heaven is a place where forgiven people who received the forgiveness go. So we also said that the gospel says that you have been saved from the penalty of sin. But guess what? There is also another good news. The other good news is that you are not just saved from the penalty of sin, but you are saved from the power of sin. What does that mean? It means that you have the ability now to do what is right. Talk to me somebody. You have the ability to what? To do what is right. So if there is any struggle, if there is anything that is hiding in the shadows, if you open up your heart to the gospel, it has the ability to purge you that you have power over that sin. That's why the Bible says sin shall not have dominion over you because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Romans chapter 6 and verse 14. Amen, somebody. So that was the first thing we talked about, that you have the ability to live right, which is a fruit of the gospel. Somebody say, I have the ability. Make that declaration stronger, if you will. Say, I have the ability to live right. All right. The second thing we talked about is one of the fruit of the gospel is that you would see someone who is a liberal soul. You become liberal in your soul. You become a giving person. Why would you become a given person? Because if you have received that much from what he did on the cross of Calvary, how much is it that you cannot give? So your ability to give is not because you are just a good person. Your ability to give is because you have received in the first place. So freely you receive and then freely you give. Some of say freely I receive. Come on, TSP, help me preach this morning. Say, freely I receive, freely I give. 
So when I look at everything that Jesus has done on the cross of Calvary, it is enough for me to give. What more can I not give when I have received this much from him? That's why the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Another translation says, in view of the mercies of God, that you present, that word present there means that you give your bodies as holy sacrifices, holy and acceptable to the Lord, which is your reasonable service. When it says your reasonable service, it says your church mind. Okay, that's the colloquial way we say it here in Nigeria. Oh boy, use your church mind. Oh boy, use your church mind. What does that mean? It says, if you've gotten something, then why wouldn't you do this little? Even though this little can be much, but it's not much compared to the much that you have received. Somebody say amen. Listen to me. You have everything that you need in Christ Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? Quit going to look out for what you already have in. Quit looking for outside. You cannot say you're looking for power. I want to pray for, for 30 minutes. I want to pray for two days. I want to do dry fasting for 16 days. My brother, if God did not send you, don't do it. I want to do dry fasting for 31 days just because I'm looking for power. Hear this. You don't fast for power. You don't fast for power. The Bible says that Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness. He was full of the spirit. He went into the wilderness and then in the wilderness he was tested or he was tempted for 40 days and the bible says that he returned in the power of the spirit so some people think that it was the fasting that made jesus return in the power of the spirit but if you read the verse one of the chapter four of luke it tells you that jesus was driven in the fullness of the spirit in the first place so he already went with power to the wilderness and before what is going to come back with with power so it wasn't the fasting you have power on the inside of you if I, I like to put it this way I am powerful it's a confession to make I am what powerful Paul prays he says that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints what is the exceeding greatness of his power that is at work when he raised up Jesus from the dead. Listen to me. The power that is in you is the resurrection kind of power. The power that is in you is the resurrection kind of power that raised up Jesus from the dead. Where the Bible says he went up and he took the keys of death hell and the grave and he rose triumphantly with all power in his hands. That's the kind of power that you have on the inside of you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So stop looking intimidated. You must know greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Say amen, somebody. So say with me one more time. I am what? Powerful. Say it louder. Say I am powerful. Then wisdom is, is inside of you. Riches are inside of you. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power, to receive riches, to receive wisdom, to receive strength. To receive capacity. So you, there are times where you feel diminishing returns. And you tell yourself that I have strength inside of me. So you can get up again and you can be strong and just keep moving because you have strength inside of you. So say with me, I am strong. All this, I am tired. I'm very tired. I'm very tired. Listen to me, you are strong. 
Okay, we don't talk like that in this kingdom. We don't talk like that in this kingdom. Let the weak say, I'm strong. Are you still here? Now, the third one that I'm going to talk about in the next 10 minutes because we have a long way to go today is perseverance against hardship. Perseverance in the midst of hardship. That you have the ability to persevere in the midst of hardship. It is not in your nature to back down. See, when mountains show up in front of you, it's not in your nature to, to back down from things. I said something on Wednesday, and what was it? I said the blessing is inside of you. And it's such that whatever you do has no choice but to prosper. That's why I can lift you up from the scratch. If they take everything away from you, I can, I can take you, not your money, not your achievements, not your work, you. I can pick you single-handedly and put you in an abandoned place and you will create a garden around you. Why? Because you have the blessing inside of you. So you don't back down from things. But it is to the degree that you have revelation of the gospel that makes you realize or express this blessing that you have on the inside. So if I do not see light in the word of God, if I do not see light in the gospel, then even though I have it on the inside of me, I will not fully express it. Are you still here? So even though there is greatness inside of me, I will not come to the actualization of the greatness because my eyes are not seeing the exactness of who I am. So I've got to look into the word of God to see who am I in the word of God. And when I see who, I'm, who I am in the word of God, I begin to express it because your consciousness determines your reality. It is what you are conscious of that you, you express at the end of the day. So you don't back down. In fact, sometimes, even if you are not in the will of God, you can prosper because you are the one doing it. One of the ways you will know that this is not God's will is not because the thing is not working. It is that there is no peace in your heart. That becomes your, 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 uh of knowing that this is not God. Because what you touch has no choice but to work. If you lay your hands on something, it must work. Because you are there. Somebody say, because I'm there. I cannot hear you now, TSP. Say, because I'm there. So if you touch something, it has no choice but to work. Now, how about when mountains come in front of you? Hey, you will look at the mountain. You will cause every valley to be exalted. And it will cause mountains to be brought down to a plane. Because you carry the blessing on the inside of you. Are you following what I'm saying? So let me show you just a few scriptures and then we're done. Um, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse, verse 3. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy. Can we all read together? Is that okay? All right, let's read together. Everybody want to go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
Next verse. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Stop. Go back to verse 4. Look at verse 4 very well. What does it say to you? It says, to an inheritance. You were begotten to an inheritance. Somebody say, to an inheritance. So say this with me. I was born into an inheritance. TSP, is that all of you talking? I want you, because the more you say, the more it gets into your spirit. So say, I was born into an inheritance. How would you behave if they told you that a secret was kept from you? That your father, who you think you know as your father, is a multi-billionaire in dollars. Not Naira now. Somebody say amen. In dollars. And he has kept something from you and waited until you were the age you are now to give it to you. How would you behave? How would you behave? One million dollars per month. Actually, one million dollars per month is chicken change for some people. So enlarge your mind now. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, when people come before God, there are different kinds of prayer points according to the size of their hearts. One can be saying, Father, house rent. Another can be saying, Father, the nations. Which one are you? You choose one. Which one? He says, ask of me, the nations, and I will give you as your birthday gift. He said, ask of me, the nations, and I will give you. It's your birthday gift. What does that mean? He said, it's your rights. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. It is your right. So how would you be if they told you that you have an inheritance waiting for you? Now, look at verse 4. It says, to an inheritance, what? Incorruptible, nothing can touch it, and undefiled, and that does not fade away. Come on now. It does not depreciate by increasing dollar value. Are you still here? Reserved where? I can hear you. Reserved where? In heaven for you. What does that mean? It means that heaven is not the inheritance. Heaven is the place where the inheritance is. Heaven is not your prayer point. Father, help me so that I can make heaven. No, heaven is not a prayer. Heaven is where you are now. For when he died, he was raised up. And Ephesians 2 says that you were raised up with him. Keyword, with him. You were raised up with him. And you are seated with him in the heavenly places. Far above principalities and powers at the right hand of God. So right now, your location is with him. Somebody say with him. Where is he? He's in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. So your, your true location is not Nikon Luxury. Your true location is not Abuja. They are just seeing the mirror of you. Have you seen the, the, the movie Matrix? They are just seeing the mirror. The real you is not the real you they are seeing now. The real you is the real you in glory. No wonder the Bible says Christ in you. The hope of glory. It means there is something that is inside of you that is the real you, but people cannot see it now. 
He says, it does not yet appear what we shall be like. But one thing we know is that when he comes, we will see him and we shall be like him. In other words, when Jesus shows up, you will realize that as Jesus is, is the exact way that you are. That's a mystery that I look forward to seeing. Because in the essence, our faces will not necessarily change. But all of us will look like Jesus. You didn't hear what I just said. Our faces will not necessarily change, but all of us will look like him. So that means he looks like all of us. That means when I look at Jesus, I can see feel in Jesus. I can see gift in Jesus. I can see princess in Jesus. I can see talatum in Jesus. I can see... You are waiting for me to call your name, Abby. Come on, someone say, I can see me in him. He says reserved in heaven. Go back to the scripture. So heaven is not the reward. Lord help me make heaven. It's not a prayer. You are there. So one mistake did not make God quack the chair that you are sitting there. And then all of a sudden you have dropped from heaven now. And then you say father help me. Then he will now say if I bring you up this time. If you misbehave the last time you come down you won't come up again. That's not your father. That's not your father. That's not your father. The moment you put faith in Christ and you are seated with him, you are sitting there. Gospel is hard to take, but it's nearly too good to be true because it doesn't look like it, but it is it. All right, let's keep reading verse 5. Next verse. Let's read one to go. Are you ready? So let's go. One, two, go. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, sorry, rewind, rewind, rewind. Go go back again. Go back to verse 5. I I want you to see the premise of what verse 6 is on. So look at verse 5. It says, who are kept by the power of God through what? So when you see the word faith in the Bible, the word faith in the Bible is always referring to faith in Christ. That's the word faith in the Bible. It's always referring to faith in Christ. So it says you are kept by the power of God through faith in Christ for salvation ready to be revealed. What? In the last time. Okay, now verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while if need be you have been grieved by various trials one of the fruit of the gospel is that it produces in you a tolerance a persevering attitude towards trials that there is something about the gospel you have heard over time that doesn't make you back down when you see problem it makes you it makes your head stronger than the rock oh you don't hear what i'm saying there is something you hear about the gospel that doesn't make you run when you see problem. Except God is telling you this is not the will of God. There are three approaches to a mountain. The first approach to the mountain is that when you're going through the path, God might be telling you, I'm going to give you a wisdom for this mountain. That's the first approach. I need you to have wisdom to deal with this mountain. That's the first one. So that mountain is supposed to come down. Second approach is 
that mountain was never designed by God to come down. So God says that I am, it's not about the mountain, it's about you. So what you are praying for me to do is that I am doing what I want to do in you. So you are the object of his change, not the mountain. So that after you've gone through that experience, you are the one who becomes built at the end of the day. Then the third one is that he will change your direction. You're not even supposed to be here. So you begin to feel resistance in your spirit that I'm not supposed to be on this. So it's not every resistance that you're supposed to change direction. Some, those resistance, God wants you to learn something. Some is a combination of the two. That he wants you to pick up muscle for where you're going and at the same time you eventually pray that you have forbearance after you have learned what the mountain is supposed to teach you in forbearance then after forbearance you now have wisdom for solution because you are not supposed to forbear forever talk to me somebody it's not everything that you're supposed to have forbearance for there are some things you're supposed to enjoy not endure so what you're supposed to enjoy may not come to you if you don't have the wisdom for it you just be there suffering, saying that I'm going through the will of God. It's not easy, my pastor. It is not the will of God. God is saying there is wisdom for you. Just be at peace. Embrace the wisdom. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. And God who upbraided not will give you wisdom. So whenever I go through huddles, the first thing I do, God, what are you trying to do through this? If I find peace in my heart, then I know I'm supposed to be on this part. I keep moving. See, when there is war, Based on the trainings of different people, you see the different responses in war. So, if certain people are trained before the war, you will see the reflection of their training when the war comes. Are you following me? So, war is a time where you see training revealed. Because you don't train in war. You train before war. So, the gospel trains you that when you meet problems in life, you know how to behave. Talk to me somebody. When you see challenges, you are not that person who just backs down. You are not spineless. The gospel gives you some spine at your back. It makes you formidable to be able to stand through every trial. Every time you're crying as if you don't have help. Listen to me, you have help. You have understanding of the gospel. Because the gospel gives you the, form, the, the formidable character that you, you, you are able to speak to mountains. So see what he says. That in this you greatly rejoice. Through now for a little while. If need be you have been grieved by various trials. I know the problems are much. But see what he says in verse 7. Let's keep going. He says that the genuineness of your faith. Being much more precious than gold that perishes. Though it is tested by fire. May be found to praise, honor and glory. At the revelation of Jesus. Verse 8. Come on, let's move to verse 8 quickly. It says, Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice in the midst of many trials. Talk to me, somebody. One of the fruit of the gospel is that it produces joy when there is problem. If you see somebody laughing when there is problem, it's either of two things. It's either the person is mad or the person doesn't know the gravity of the problem but you know the difference we don't laugh not just we laugh not just because we're mad or not because we don't know the gravity of the problem we laugh because of what we know 
So your own category for laughing or having joy in the midst of the mountain is that you have knowledge that the trial of your faith, that the trial of your faith might work out patience in you because of what you know. So you must understand that the knowledge of your faith, the knowledge of the gospel gives you a paradox of the gospel. Something I've realized. One of the most interesting paradoxes of the gospel is to have the mix of joy in the presence of trials. That's one of the most interesting paradoxes of the gospel. If you've never gotten here before, it means there's a portion of the gospel that has not yet shone in your heart yet. Light hasn't come to you yet. If at everything that you go through, the first thing you do is to break down, then it means a certain portion of light has not yet hit your spirit. If at everything you want to draw back, you see, because I see a lot of people who, when they go through tough times, the first thing they do is they want to shrink. But you see, the gospel gives you a formidable character. Look, even when Jesus was overwhelmed, if you see what he did in the garden of Gethsemane, you will see where Jesus went. He spent time praying. He spent time reflecting on why he came. And the moment he came, he was ready. And the Bible says he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. He opened not his mouth. Listen to me. It takes strength not to open his mouth in the midst of the floggings. It takes capacity not to speak, to say, I'm not doing again. But some of us, we back down. It means that a portion, you see, as you're hearing me right now, what is happening to you is that capacity in your spirit is increasing. I don't know who I'm talking to, but something inside of you is expanding. Something inside of you is becoming more formidable against mountains. You don't shrink at the presence of mountains. No, 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 no. You don't. You walk straight head on to mountain. Who are you, O mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shall become what? A plain. That's your attitude. There's a time element to this thing. I don't, I don't have much time. I was going to show you a lot of things, but got to close very early. Look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. You're going to see a time element in this thing here. Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. It says, for I consider, let's read this together, one to go. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy. TSB, I'm not hearing you. Should we start again? Alright, let's start again. One to go. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared which shall be revealed in us. You know the good thing about the scripture, the Bible did not say which shall be revealed to us, but it says which shall be revealed. Oh, so which shall be revealed in us. Now there is a time element if you look at it here. It says what you are going through is just for the now. What you're going through, it is going to pass. Can you look at your neighbor and say, this too will pass. Help me preach it the way Pastor Phil is doing. He said, this too will pass. It doesn't matter if it's frustration in the present, if it's problem in the present. This too, I came here as your prophet tonight. And this too that is about to pass may even just be ending this afternoon for somebody who is receiving that word of prophecy. I don't know who you are, but this might just be ending any moment from now. Because weeping may endure for a night, but joy has come in your morning. And your morning is now. Whose word is that? You are not receiving this thing like I want you to do. I say, whose word is that? 
you are receiving this joy because your morning has what has come so this too is about a pass this too is about a pass if you look at it in comparison to what you have there this is just to pass nothing stays as long as it has a name there is an expiration date for it Call the name of the sickness. Call the name of the problem. Call the name of the mountain. There is an expiration date for it. Somebody say yes. There was also a... Now, that was a time element. But there was also a reality element. Okay? A reality element. Let me show you that. Alright? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And verse 17. It says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, time element, is working for us a far more eternal weight of glory. Next verse. Verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but on the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary time element but the things which are not seen are eternal go back to verse 17 you see the time element there this is our light affliction which is bought for a moment oh i can preach on this all day it is for a while so that means when you are walking through the shadow of the valley of death you don't stop there you walk through it you fear no evil you don't stop you keep walking you keep walking. You keep standing. The Bible says, having done all to stand, you stand. Therefore, as a true soldier of Christ, you endure affliction. You endure hardship as a true soldier of Jesus Christ. So you don't back down at things. You keep on walking. You keep on moving. Listen to me. There are some of you I'm talking to. You don't look like where you're coming from. You don't look like what you've been through. And if you tell people your story, they may not accept your story. They may think you're trying to exaggerate some things. But the truth is, nobody knew when you were going through those things. You went through them and you know your praise. So they may not understand your song, but you understand your song. They may not understand your praise, but you understand your praise. So it says, our light affliction. Now, I've spoken about the time element. But look at the reality element here. What is the word that describes the reality here? It says light. It says our light affliction. Do you know what Paul was calling light? Paul was calling light. He's been in chains. He was flogged every day. He was beaten every day for the sake of the gospel. He was mocked. He was insulted by his colleagues outside. But you know what he said? He says light. My moi moi affliction my affliction that is just conflicts thank you papa my affliction that is conflicts please look at your neighbor say your affliction not conflicts so look behind you and tell the look behind you and tell the person say your affliction is conflicts i don't think you spoke to anybody right that's fine i understand that your affliction is what conflicts but in the reality of the affliction not be being so hey it was painful but you know what you call it I call it conflicts I'll give you something light does that sound like a drink 
I renew your mind now in the name of Jesus. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Ha! All that you went through, he says, pastor, small thing, don't worry. Because I know what is at work inside of me. That one is far more greater. Use the message version. Let me show you this from verse 17. 2 Corinthians 4, 17, the message version. Very quickly. Let's read it together. One to go. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. Somebody says small potatoes. If I, I like the way Paul used it, he degraded the problem. He didn't even say potato. He said small. You know when they cut small potato for you? He said these hard times and look, look at the paradox. It says hard times, but small. I don't know what you define as pastor. I have been inside serious problem. Listen, your problem is small potatoes. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. Move to the next verse. Let's see it. He said, there is far more here than meets the eyes. What does that mean? There is far more in you than meets the eyes. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we can see now will last forever. The things you see now, they are here today, gone tomorrow. Problem here today gone tomorrow. Sickness here today, gone tomorrow. You don't have money right now to even give somebody here today, gone tomorrow. You are saying, Pastor, I cannot pay the house rent. It is here today, but you will build your house. Be there looking at me and not say amen if you like. You will build your own house. You will build estates. They are what? They are here today and what? gone tomorrow. This is your attitude towards mountains. Mountains have no choice but to bow before you. So all this, I am overwhelmed pastor. I'm over, you are not spineless. I'm overwhelmed. I'm breaking down. Listen, let my father taught me this. This is let the weak say I'm strong. Let the tired go and rest. You must know the difference. There are times where you are physically tired. You have to withdraw and rest. But listen to me. You must understand that when you are having an emotional breakdown and you begin to feel something in your head, you must make sure that what you feel in your heart does not supersede what you know in your spirit. Because after what you felt has gone, what you know still stands. So the problem that I have is that some people feel some things and they forget what they know. Paul said, I'm persuaded. Oosh. He says, I'm persuaded. He says, I know whom I have believed. And he's able to keep me and to keep that which I have committed to him. He says, I know who I have believed. Things are not working fine, but I know who I believe. Things are not aligning right now, but I know who I believe. I'm not shaken by things. Who here is refusing to back down at problems? 
who here is refusing to back down at fear at anxiety at stress at, at pressure who here is you know that you are stronger than pressure listen to me you cannot pressure the blessing if you put the blessing inside water it will bounce up because the blessing cannot be suffocated it's impossible you can't pressure the blessing your story is, is the story of the case where the Bible says that the more they afflicted them the more they multiplied so Satan loses in two ways he loses in the first way I realize that if I torment this guy this guy they increase so it's better to just leave him so that he doesn't increase whichever way you win whichever way you win head or tail you win he said when the enemy came in the way you read it when the enemy came in like a flood the spirit of God will lift up a standard he gives it uh-uh, uh-uh. that's not how the scripture goes he said when the enemy comes in it is not the enemy that is coming in like a flood. The true translation says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise a standard against the enemy. So what is coming like a flood is the Spirit of God, not the enemy. So when the enemy comes in, God will flood it by what you have on the inside of you. The Spirit of God will lift up a standard against the enemy you be running running all the time if they don't help you your faith has dropped from 17% to 2 you need aid all the time you need people to tell you I love you you are special if you don't hear it your faith will not rise listen there are times where you'll be alone there are times where you can only by yourself give this praise by yourself there are times where you don't have the collection of the faith of the brethren and the saints and there are times where it is your voice only that matters to your heart at that time and you must be bold enough to speak up at that time I know who I believe and I am persuaded that in the midst of my problem I am persuaded I will come out of it like a flood, the Spirit of God will lift up a standard. If you know you're going to rejoice in the next one, two, three weeks because of what God is about to unfold in your life. If you know you are about to rejoice in the next half of the year because what you are about to see in the next half of the year is way more than what you have seen so far. What you have seen so far is little potatoes compared to the much that God is about to give you right now. So I'm speaking to people who want to rejoice now over the things that they know God has already done in Christ that they are about to experience in the natural and you know the mountain is too small before you you know the valley is too small before you you know that everything that is bring everything that is before you is about to become a plane i want you to give god a shout from a rejoicing spirit because you know you have more you have more you have more lift your two hands here i'm out of time lift your two hands up listen mountains are falling down before you now I don't care if, if you, you might be here right now you're listening to me say pastor the problem is too much hey 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 you have the blessing mountains are falling down here before you so lift your hands up I'm praying for you right now in the name of the resurrected Jesus I command every mountain to become a plain and I command every valley to be exalted who's saying amen to that 
what you call problem shall be your source of rejoicing people laughed at you but they are coming to laugh with you hey can I give you a warning warning you are about to have too many friends I'm not saying you will be their friend but they will be your friend because success has many friends and does not have enemy the kind of thing God is about to do people will be asking that blood money he do people are going to ask what happened where did he go hey are you hearing what I'm saying when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion we were like them who dreamed a dream so if you know there is a turning around for you from your spirit lift a shout from your spirit lift joy from your spirit this concludes this message thank you for listening and for more information about the standpoint church visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj twitter.com slash standpointabj instagram.com slash standpointabj and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj